He didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. Welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing. It is 2021. We are in week number nine of season four. We're so close to the end now. We are nearly, nearly there, which means Black Friday sales and all the kinds of good stuff that we got to talk about in the news. Don't expect much more though. I'm Peter Walker-Wilkinson. I'm joined tonight by Braden Martin. Welcome back, mate. Yeah, I thought I'd grace you with my presence uh, this week, although... I don't know, give me about 30, 40 minutes and I'm, <laughs> I might be here physically, but I might not be mentally. I'm exhausted, but here we Some go. Some would say you're never here mentally, but that's okay. Um, Fair point. <laughs> welcome back, Alex, the the real Alex, Alex McKellar. How are you going, mate? Very good, sir. Looking forward to another week of getting into it. Yeah, I, I'll preface this with I haven't even touched the sim except for Thursday night. Um, it has been one of those weeks with work, so don't expect much from me, but these other two boys have been racing every single day. No, they haven't. <laughs> we're going to talk stuff, though. Uh, tonight, we're brought to you by, you know, the usual stuff, CD Synthography, who had his first race in pro, and I haven't been able to find the results yet. Can iRacing, if you have special series, can you do me a favor? Put the results of the special series on the website so they're easy to find so we can talk about them. They're a special series for a reason. They've got the best in the world racing. Just give me the results easily. Anyway, I still haven't found them. But uh, we're going to talk about the actual results for that, uh, the, the top-end results of that fairly soon. Uh, but we've also got uh, Brewster Coffee, B-R-E-W-S-T-R.coffee. Go rate your local coffee place or go find your new haunt. Uh, also got 24-7 Racing Control and driversclub.net.au. Uh, we are going to jump straight into what we've been up to because that's the cool stuff to talk about. Like I said, I only did last Thursday night, so we're only going to quickly talk about from me uh, Aussie car race, which was a nightmare, and Aussie car practice for this week. But I see, Alex, you've been doing a little bit of stuff. What have you been up to, mate? Yeah, well, Aussie car, of course, which was uh, kind of fun and interesting and <laughs> um, a, ch- a challenge, self, uh, self-made self errors and all the rest of it caused me to have a bit of a challenge race, which was interesting and different. Um, but also did uh, the NERB GP official that I said I was going to do. And again, <laughs> I did the... The one thing, had one good race, put the cue in the rack again. But <laughs> I did what we talked about last week and... Um, did the replay and stuck it up on YouTube with the sort of thinking that I went through as I was doing it. And it was actually a good one because I thought for a really long time about doing uh, doing that and talking about the strategy that, you know, that I use in, in racing. And um, I'll be the first to tell you uh, sometimes racecraft is the thing that lets me down, but it doesn't stop me trying to think about strategy and stuff during racing. We've talked about it here before about um, getting to the point where, the, the inputs and everything are, are second nature where you can free up your mind to be thinking about strategy and stuff. And this this was a really good example of, of doing that and and uh, and how it can work for you. Now, it doesn't work all the time, but when it does, it's a lot of fun. So that one's up on the Top Split YouTube channel, but uh, go check it out. But look, at the end of the day, it was a Saturday night. It's only about 2,500 soft. Uh, had a breakaway grip of three and ended up... Uh, Taking it out, so again, straight away, cue in the rack, and away we went. Um, but I had can a lot I, of fun anyway. Um, can I just say I watched the the video, and I was going to leave a comment on it, and then I was like, oh no, I'll wait and say it on the podcast. 
Um, it was really interesting. It was really, it was really good to watch. And and the one race I did at Nurburgring GP, it was funny. I kind of had your video in the back of my mind, and it was, you know, I was sort of talking myself through it, like, you know, how uh, you were sort of saying, you know, your goal was third. You're sitting in third. There's no real need to risk anything at the moment. You were really happy with where you were, and it was kind of playing on my mind through my race as well. So it was just, it was interesting to um after having watched that and hearing the thought process and then apply it to my own race, which was interesting. So, Yeah, thanks, mate. I appreciate the feedback and the watch too. Look, uh, that's the thing. I mean, um, for me, it's the, the sprint races, right? They're 25 minutes or whatever they are, but there's no rush, right? After that, the, the stages of a race, there's that initial melee at the start where everyone is trying to, you know, force their way through to wherever. And after that, you can settle into a groove and – I use that opportunity in the mid stages of a race to really watch and learn about the people around me and try and set up for the later stages, which is really the business end. Now, the business end, depending on the numbers in the pack that you're in, if it's a two-horse race, two cars in it, it's a very, very different end of the race to if there's three, but even more so if there's four cars, four or more cars in it, and there's pressure no matter where you are in the pack. If you're right at the back of a pack, there's pressure to move forward. If you're in the middle of the pack, there's pressure to, from, to defend and attack at the same time. And if you're at the front, you're worried about how many cars are going to come up the rear of you into the into the uh, primary overtaking zone. There's all these things to think about. If you're in a two-car pack, the, the, the key battle or the key moment in a race determined victory or defeat will be, could be one corner, right? Um, or it could be done throughout the race where you've got a a driver that you know is faster than you and you might be disrupting him throughout whereas other another driver if you've got a lead you might just sit behind the whole way. like there's a whole bunch of stuff you can think of and that's why i was thinking for for a while and and our conversation over the last couple of weeks has really prompted me to think more seriously about doing it and this was the first one where you just go through that conversation in your head that's happening during a race so yeah hopefully there's something in it for somebody and I, i'm enjoying i enjoy doing it so far anyway yeah, definitely. We, we've seen uh, Nathan Verney shout out to him trying to do some, with the broadcast being down last week, trying to do some replays with overlays and stuff like that. Um, I think that's also another very good option that I'm going to try and work out. He hasn't got it working yet, but I think I will be able to. I just need the time to do it. But um, that's going to be something that I've been definitely leaning towards for the, the second and the third split options for Sunday Night Lights. But um Look, we've we've discussed it. I don't know how many weeks, so I'm glad you actually finally went ahead and did it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. And, and you got the first runs on the board, so I need to do one eventually as well. But um, it, <laughs> we just need to clone you about four times, Wilco, and you'll have some time. It'll be great <laughs> when it. I'm finished doing all this shit and people. Oh, sorry, I saw <laughs> bad luck. Um, and and people stop causing me, me headaches at work. But um, it, it's it's one of those things. Like I I try my best to record and do it at the same time when I'm but it just never comes off right when you try to concentrate on on the racing and you just lose that little bit of like you only we're talking racing you can only, only got to lose one or two percent and you're way off the pace so I find you, you I find yeah. as well like you start thinking about oh I haven't been talking for the last yeah. two laps so now the video is going to sound bad now you're concentrating on something that doesn't have anything to do with the race so it's just another yeah. thing for your mind to be on it, it's a, it's a very special talent to have and yeah you You've got to, like, that's that's the biggest one in my head. That's, you know, trying to feel dead air. But when you're racing and you don't need to, like I've watched plenty of videos where 
there's plenty of dead air because you're just fascinated on following the lines and, and watching them, you know, do their thing. And, and it's only that little bit of extra stuff. So you can add it afterwards and get just the same aspect to it. So yeah, um, agreed. Yeah, it I, it's an interesting thing. I, I, I have that conversation in my head all the time. So it's actually, even though I'm doing it on a replay, it's typically usually not dissimilar to what's going on in my head at the time. And when I was streaming in particular, um, yeah, it was something that I could, I'd just be talking through anyway. And it was, it's something that was born out of when I, when I was streaming at the start and, and nobody's watching and you end up just talking to yourself, uh, you know, but by the end when I had a few people watching, um, you've got other things to talk about. You end up talking about the weirdest stuff in the middle of the race and think, oh, that's right, there's a race going. But, you know, <laughs> but these going. but these ones are dedicated just to that. So, you know, hopefully I'll be able to do a few more and, and like I said, somebody will get something out of it. But if not, it's fun for me anyway. See, Braden, I, I know he's crashed just by looking at the, the relative board, let alone trying to read chat as well. Have you? How many times have you crashed chat, talking to chat? Oh, me. Oh, no, there's been right. a couple. There's oh, a me. really good clip. There's a really good clip of a race. Uh, we were going to do the 24-hour Le Mans, so, and we're going to do it in an HPD, and I'm on the back straight, you know, the really long one, but it's got the couple yeah. of chicanes in it. And, yeah, I think I've just – it was an official race in the week that leads up to it, and I just put it straight into the wall, one of the chicanes, and it was just like, yeah, well played, you know. Anyway. I don't think I've had too – I don't think I've had too many ones with – with chat, I normally manage to do it without chat, so it's just, it's um <laughs> hasn't been too bad. I I just did the one race at Nurburgring as well. Um, I just haven't had time between work and commitments and five uh, G chip installations and <laughs> all of those things <laughs> at the moment. I um have been quite busy, so uh, I did the one race. Uh, I actually wasn't going to do any races just because I haven't felt up to it and. After Thursday night, which I guess we'll get to, it was just a reminder of although I've made quite a few improvements, I still am not good enough to do things without a decent amount of practice. <laughs> um, so that was kind of a bit of a reminder on Thursday night that, hey, yeah, you've made some good progress, but you're still a pretty stock standard driver. Not stock standard, but, you know, average uh, driver in terms of consistency if you don't have the laps under your belt. So I was thinking of not even bothering to jump into Nürburgring. Um, but I was like, I really love the track. <laughs> like, I, I really do love the track in the car. It's so much fun to drive. And knowing it's probably its last one uh, in, in the rotation for probably a few seasons, I thought, oh, I'll jump in. I'll give myself a tank of fuel and see how I go. If I feel like I've caught up back up to speed and I know we've done it in Aussie car twice and I know it's a track I put in a lot of practice at if I feel like I'm up to speed I'll, I'll do the race if I'm thinking nah it's not going to be a great experience then I'll, I'll just leave it um and I felt pretty good it took me a few laps to remember and then once I got back into the flow I was like yep I remember this track and I was sitting there it was pretty it was looking like it was only going to be one or two splits um and I was like oh you know I should be able to with a little bit of practice sort of top five pretty pretty easily um and then i saw at the last minute uh oscar chichilabaza jump in and dennis johnson jump in and i was like oh no <laughs> this is gonna be a disaster um and dj unfortunately i don't know if he couldn't connect to the session or whatever but he got in really late so he didn't get a qualifying time in um and actually i qualified oscar so 
I was pretty stuffed with the, uh, chuffed with that. He didn't get a second lap in, so I'm guessing he, he stuffed up his second lap. But I think I was ahead of him on the first lap as well. So um, I actually qualified pole, <laughs> which was kind of cool. Um, DJ obviously had to come from the back-ish, as far back as his I rating would let him start from. Um, and we got away pretty well. And the first lap went okay. I think it was either the first lap, it was the second lap. I can't actually remember. I'm not a Nostradamus with remembering my races like uh, Wilco over here. But um, I basically went out. So we're going up the big long straight at the end, heading towards the chicane. We turned the right-hander. And I went over right out to the left to make sure I wasn't in the draft because I just wanted to stay behind Oscar. And he overtook me um, early in the lap. And I, was, I wasn't I was 100% sure. He overtook me and he took a couple of corners really slow, like really parked the apex. And I was like, is he just trying to keep us together so Dennis could jump, catch up and we could have a good race? And I, I wasn't sure. So I was kind of in two minds. Do I try and get in front of him and get away and then hope that, you know, they have their fun and I don't get to be a part of it or try and stay behind him and maybe he's not doing that. So I go out to the left, get out of the draft in the hope that he will go. We can I can pop back over to the right and we'll go through the chicane, you know, fine. And hopefully we can get away from Dennis. I go over to the left. I come to come back over to the right to tuck back in behind him. And as I come to go over to the right, he breaks really early I think he thought maybe to let me through or I don't really know what he was doing. And I have to squid over to the left and he goes off onto the grass and I didn't hit him. And then I get back onto the racing line and he obviously comes to come back onto the track, notices that he has to break. Otherwise he's not going to make the chicane starts breaking, but breaking on the grass and obviously doesn't slow down anywhere near as much as he thinks and runs into the back of me and hits my wheel. Um, I get sort of half spun, get the slowdown going through the chicane. Uh, DJ and the two cars ahead of him go through, um, and I'm fine. Oscar drops down a fair bit more. I didn't actually have any car damage, thankfully, um, and basically I go into fourth place, and I just wasn't fast enough to catch the guys ahead and Dennis once they caught up to each other. Um one of them made a mistake, I think, towards the end somewhere. Um, and I was sitting in third. I was basically two seconds behind um, Dennis and, and and another guy. And I just literally, it was 1.9, 2.1, 1.9, 2.1. I just couldn't catch them. Basically holding speed with them, but just couldn't catch them. Um, and then that was when I started thinking, right, I would have been probably happy with third coming into this race, knowing Oscar and Dennis were both in it. Um I've just got to be consistent. Anything can happen. You've watched Alex's video. Who knows what's going to happen coming into the last <laughs> chicane? Um, and it was sort of just waiting and seeing. And, and lo and behold, they had a bit of a crash into the last chicane. Um, unfortunately, they both managed to just get enough speed to still be able to get uh, get through. And I couldn't quite catch it. I ended up coming third just. But um, it was, yeah, it was a bit weird. Like the whole thing with Oscar and he, I apologized and then he apologized. I don't think we really knew who had done anything wrong. <laughs> when I went back to look at the replay, it was really interesting. Yeah, he just broke early and then came back onto the track. And he said he was text uh, typing in the chat and he sort of said, yeah, I was trying to slow down so that uh, Dennis could catch up and we could have a good race. And I was like, well, that's all well and good for you, but I don't want to be racing with you two because you're both going to beat me. So it was a bit like, oh, yeah, I'm real glad that you wanted to play fair for Dennis, but I would have been much happier if me and you could have just scooted away and had a good race by yourself at the end. Um, but I guess that's the lack of 
um, necessary respect that I have in the Skippy community in a sense, you know, if he had known that maybe I was capable of having a good race with him, then maybe he wouldn't have worried so much about wanting to have Dennis catch up and get to race with him because we could have raced. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take a third. It was a 2,600 stroke the field and, you know, those two guys are, are bloody quick. So, you know, to get third in there is nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, those guys are uh, pillars of the, the Skippy community, really. Um, yeah. You know, you, interesting point you made about practice. And um, look, I know for mine, um, I won't do a race without having done similar to what you've done, uh, a, probably a tank or more before each race, not just my first race of the week, but before each race. Um, and I made the comment last week about Gol Kawabe uh, and, and Dennis Johansson again at NURB, the first race this week. Uh, this time last week, it was Tuesday night, I think it was, and the Japanese guys doing the practice on a Monday night to prepare him for a Tuesday night, the first race of the week. Now, Dennis was commenting that Gaul was, you know, had the pace on him, but Gaul had put in the hours. That was Dennis. He's literally his first laps of the week yeah. without, without race, right? And that's a guy who is gunning for the most road victories on the iRacing service in history. Yeah, well. He's literally going for that. That, and he's pretty close. Like he's not many off it. He's a handful off it, right? And and on pretty much all he drives is the skippy. So, like, practice makes it. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a, a new starter or one of the the OG drivers. You know, you need the practice. So, yeah. it's a it's a good point that you make. It's completely and utterly opposite to how my Aussie car went on <laughs> on Thursday night. I was, was saying before the podcast last week, I'd actually put in a fair chunk of practice. People were commenting that I put in a chunk of practice. And, yeah, so we got to Thursday night since we're going to – I've finished. I think everyone's finished. We got to Aussie car Thursday night. Um, Silverstone, the the brand-new layout from a couple of years back that they updated and uh, first time we've been there for Aussie car and first time – I've driven it in the Skip Barber from my memory, but obviously a lot of the the same points as as the the historical track which we've done before. The few few differences there, and yeah, can, got can to... I interrupt with that though? Yes and no. Like, yeah, I I thought the same thing. So I I had done no practice during the week. I wasn't actually expecting to race this week, but after work commitments got cancelled due to rain. So turned up and thought, eh, Silverstone, you know, maybe I'll be okay. We've done it similar before. I know there's a couple of sections that are different, but even just the look of the track yeah. and the way it visually looks was so off-putting to me in terms of the okay. even like the Maggots and Beckett section, which was kind of the same. It took me a long time to process the visual difference and get my bearings yeah. right. So sorry. But yeah, it That's was okay. very different I, to me. I guess I'd done it all week, so I'd got used to that. But um, it's from, from basically from the back straight through to that last section of corners where the pit entry is, it's basically the same track. Is it my understanding, Alex? That's that section's almost identical. Um, obviously yeah. it looks different in the, in the new thing. It's, it's that last sector or that last set of turns going into the, um, that first sector is completely different. And then there's that sweeping the fast left-hander into the right-hander, uh, that, that just goes forever. Um, they're the bits that were were brand brand new, but yeah, look, I understand it definitely looks different. It definitely looks it, different. So. Even for me, just the sectors being different was confusing. Mm. Like it took me so long to be like, oh, I'm about to end the lap now, or oh, this is the start of the lap now. Like I was, my brain was <laughs> uh, maybe I was just tired, which didn't help either. But 
it was yeah i was when when uh russell was saying stuff to me like, i was trying to get out of people's way so i didn't ruin their lap i was literally saying like <laughs> guys i am lost so just <laughs> whatever happens don't get angry at me because i don't know where i am at the moment <laughs> It definitely was a bit to get started to, to remember where I was for sure. Especially if you're not concentrating, like we were talking about concentrating before, you'd come onto that back pitch straight and you'd think, okay, cool, this is the end of the lap and you've still got half a lap to go. And um, it was definitely an issue. Now we had, we'll go into pit gate, um, qualifying <laughs> gate. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, McKellar here. Um, what happened? You've been the victim of just about everything in the last <laughs> season and a half, I reckon. Yeah, you're, oh, you're almost. We almost need um Michaela Bingo, not just Wilco uh, Bingo. Well, I reckon I'd be the only one that got Bingo on it though, just quietly. After, <laughs> I, I after love the fact show. that what we're talking about, there was a, a warning put out on the day of. Um, <laughs> if you take pit entrance and you, it's an official lap, so you don't do an off track or anything like that. It actually shaves about a second off your lap time. Uh, so in quality, you can actually get a quicker lap time if you go into the pits because it's just shorter. Um, now, we got warned about that. Obviously, it's hard to, you know, keep track of that sometimes. You just in the heat of the moment, go into the pits. You know, not everyone read the message, all that kind of stuff. Now, Alex, you did it fairly early in the session and you owned up to it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, you they had no idea how to fix this uh so um they were coming up with ideas on the fly and then i love how ben snell just beats your time anyway yeah no, it was great, <laughs> wasn't it? so here's the thing right so i was driving around think oh i gotta pick this lap that's cool i'll just grab a one x and uh, you know whether i was doing what you guys were doing which was you know disoriented a bit of the track i just just forgot right and um so i went in and the time uh, suddenly Snell goes, oh, McKellar, you're on pole. And I went, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> anyway, so I just fessed up and I just went, oh, guys, uh, sorry to bother you, but, you know, I've done the thing. Just can you, de- can you DQ me from Qualia or, or I'll start from the pits, one or the other, I don't really mind. And then Ben's like, oh, come on, get out. You can beat that time. And if you beat the time, it's all good. And blah, blah. So we try- And chances are, look, maybe if I'd stayed out there, stayed on the tyres and all the rest of it, I could have beaten the time. Maybe. Maybe not, um, but I'd changed cars by then, so I didn't have enough time to get the heat back in and a couple of guys tried to tow me around and all the rest of it, but that was okay. And actually, at one point, I got I was waiting for someone to give me a tow and I got the waving black flag, um, which if you leave it for too long, you get DQ'd. I wish I just thought to just get yeah. DQ'd that way. I should have just done it that way. But in the end, I um, ended up starting from the pits and, and having a wild ride, so it was good. It was funny. We were actually saying in our Discord, we we're like, "Oh, maybe we should just get everyone out there to give Alex the toe, and we'll just do like one mega toe. We'll have like eight or nine cars try and give you the toe, get you get you up there." But, so we oh, thinking, look, yeah. you do the you do the crime, you do the time, right? So I was okay. Look, as I said last week, my season's pretty much over from a competitive point of view. So. I, I wasn't I wasn't as shattered as I would have otherwise been. Plus, I, I even forgot it was an enduro round. So the enduro round probably worked in my favour, to be honest. I was thinking, yeah. well, first race I'll get to some point, then the second race I might, you know, have it. It might have helped, if I'm honest, because I wouldn't have had such a deficit. It would have equalised a bit with the, the regridding of the field. But yep. still, it was a fun night, so... It's another uh, another scout for open quality, just saying. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. So, yeah, well done on anyway on coming back through the field as you did. But um, mm. I'm just still shocked. I'm like, 
get someone check Ben Snell's that because there's no way, no way he's just beaten McKellar when McKellar's cut half the track off. But anyway, oh, look, no, he did, he did legit. And um, I uh, look, I was savage. I, I knew he did. Yeah, no, I um, I still had a fair way to go, a fair way to go in in the routine for an open quality of that that length. So. But you know, I don't think I would have been Ben's time either, just quietly. No, so I think you you probably sat where you would have ended up sitting anyway, which is the sad part about it all. Potentially, anyway. yeah. Uh so I uh, continued my bad open quality. Uh, I don't know if it, if it is my trend, but it, I didn't feel like I I got a good lap in at all. Uh, started the twenty odd, and um, just sort of hung around. Got through the first couple of sections, avoided someone spinning in that first sector. What and a then, jerk. Who would do yeah, that? and then, then someone else. Um, <laughs> poor Dennis Hancock. Um, I, I get, I got to watch him again uh, get rear-ended in front of me and, and, and <laughs> dodge him down the inside um, and, and then went past and thought, okay, cool. We've I've already got some spots. We're in a rhythm. Let's just get these tyres warm eventually probably halfway through the race and uh, and go and then got to Maggots Beckett's and knew as soon as I went in, I was too far to the left um, for one of the corners and then just lost control of it, but lost control to the left. So went off into the, into the grass and um, thought I'd controlled it enough to get back on and not lose many positions. But then it just, at the last moment, it just flicked a little too far and, and gave me a spin around and then, Obviously, then you got to stop basically and, and and start again, which you lose, you know, eight ten seconds of the lap right there. Found myself behind young, oh no, just in front of young Braden Martin uh, coming through the field, and I thought, oh yeah, here we go. He's he's whinged about how how little practice he has, and then watched him go a second lap quicker than me uh, mate, as he as mate, he passed me. <laughs> um, but yeah, then just all I did was then from was basically watch the cars three to four seconds down the track. Um, made another mistake as I was catching up to them, trying to push a bit harder and then tried to do the fuel strategy to get ahead of a few people, but basically clawed my way back to probably around the same spot I started, maybe a bit, a bit, few, few spots up with people crashing. Um, but that was it. Watching people eight to, or watching Ira about three to four seconds down the track, knowing that I'm catching him, but not quite, quite catching him. And then, you know, got to within almost a second of him on the, on, at the end of the last second, uh, last sector of the last lap. Um, just frustrating. Once again, I guess is, is the name of the season. And yeah, just disappointed myself again, but nothing major to report except for, for like you said, silly mistakes, my causing no one else's problem, but, and luckily didn't take anyone else out. So that was it. Now, Braden, you, you are the, the person I alluded to spinning in front of me. What, what happened, yeah, I was, mate? I, I was going to jump in and say that, yeah, just so people know, I was that jerk. <laughs> that was the one that was spinning, so I'm not slating anyone else in the in Aussie car. Yeah, just lack of practice and lack of um, lack of experience on the track, just pushing too hard through, I guess it was cops. Is that cops? I think. No, I think it was the or first. It was the first. Was the first one. The fake cops, whichever one it was. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's the two two hairpins back to back that the switchback sort of massive hairpin things that are new. Yeah, so sector. just just went a little bit hard through there. Um, felt the rear going. Did the big drift and you know let go of the. Uh, I was caught in two minds because I, I I felt bad that I didn't just hold the brakes. 
And but I actually think holding the brakes would have been worse. I actually think it would have put me right in the middle of the racing line, and I probably would have got clobbered by everyone. Um, so kind of tried to hold it, and I was I think I would have caught it going back and looking at the replay. It felt like it was just about to grip. I may have then kicked back the other way. I don't know. Um, but but just before that, Liam, I think it was Liam, um, hit hit me uh, as well, and he spun himself. Um, seems like he got a bit more damage than me. I actually think my car was fine, um, yeah, but obviously Liam. dropped dropped me to the back of the field. I didn't qualify that well. I think I qualified thirteenth. Um, which was, you know, it was okay on the 45-ish minutes practice I had. Um, but, yeah, just, just spun. And then basically from there, it was just a drive as fast as I can and see what happens, really. Um, yeah, Liam was one yeah. of the ones who overtook me coming out of the pits at one stage. I think he, no, he was in the same lap, so he must have got a little bit of damage and just enough yeah. to sort of have to go in and get get a quick repair and then come back out again. Yeah. So, so funnily enough, yeah, I had no damage on the car. It felt a little bit loose, maybe. Um, but in terms of, I don't think I was doing any slower times than I probably would have been without the little spin or the hit. Um, and it was it was one of those things because like by the end of the race, like I think I'd figured the track out and I'd started to get some <laughs> decent times. And I was really only doing times about sort of a tenth, a tenth or a few tenths off of like yeah, Matthew Mites and I think yourself, Alex and, and Vernie and things like that. So it was a bit like, oh, well, if I had just had the time to practice, I probably would have went all right. But um, yeah, it was just my season, like Alex sort of said, because I missed that round was well and truly over. So I would have been more upset and angry at myself if, it mattered, I suppose, but it, it, it just doesn't. You can't recover from losing 100 points. So, um, yeah. And like I said, I wasn't even supposed to race that night. So anything, just racing was was a bonus. And it was good fun to to make some overtakes and and do some things like that. So it was good. I know I made a bunch of time off, I think, on Ash and pit entry on one of the pit entries because I completely <laughs> sent it into the pits. I think he might have been a little bit more cautious than I was. And I was six seconds behind him. And then we came out of the pits and I was three and a half seconds behind him or something. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> PSA right there too. I, I know Vernie was spewing about it in, in our Discord. He was coming into pits and ha- he practiced pits multiple entry times and um, nailed, had, it, had it worked out where to stop, where to get it, where to pull it up in time. And he came in trying to get with some people, trying to, you know, keep up and, and keep up with the guys ahead and catch the guys ahead. And the, the, all of the cars in front of decided to be real cautious going in. And he's, A, almost ran up the back of them, but then B, also lost seconds on the people in front and people behind because of these people that weren't. Yeah. It's, well, it's a really hadn't practiced pits. It's a really scary thing coming into pits with people that you don't know how they're going to do the pit entry because it can end a race like really well, really well, easily yeah just remember barcelona when i did that um you know yeah. after we had our incident and i had practiced my pits i knew where to stop i even allowed for the two cars in front of me it was actually john skoltz who's a good mate of ours obviously and he hadn't practiced his pits and that backed us up and i ended up smashing into him so it happens you know but then you know look at my race i had all my all my mistakes or whatever before the race had even started started from the pits um when when it told me to go i went but then i made sure i had to wait at the actual joining of the suit like it's a decent exit at pits yeah Yeah. but i had to wait for everyone to go by not much but you know i had to wait a little bit and as soon as the last car went i i I took off after them and look the thing for me was i was pretty relaxed about it 
throughout, honestly. Uh, I had it very clear in my head that I wasn't there to disrupt anyone's race. I was never going to win it. I was, you know, and I didn't um, carry, I tried really hard not to carry any ego with me, that I was no faster than anyone else around me. I was not going to put pressure on them or anything like that. I was just going to make overtakes at end of straights and things like that. Um, I remember coming up on you, Wilk, and I was surprised. We were going into what's the old first corner and you, you stayed way out. And I thought, oh, gee, I hope I haven't spooked him out of it sort of thing because that's I was literally trying not to do that kind of stuff. I wasn't going to make a move. I was going to sit behind you and then get you at the end and hang a straight if I could. That was um, me being frustrated with myself and just going, oh, I'm not going to ruin anyone else's night. Let me just stay out of everyone's yeah, way. <laughs> fair enough. And then, like I said, I think I had all my bad luck um, at the start because I had a really good run. There was a combination of... There was, a, there was a few incidents at the start that I was able to avoid. Uh, I just really took my time. I just drove slowly around everything and all the rest of it. Um, I actually had really good pit stops. The second one was not as like well done as I could have done it, but what I did was I drove as, as you know, hard as I could within the parameters that I'd set myself, and I was coming up onto the back of the, I guess, the secondary pack that would had me in. 10th by the end of it, uh, by the end of sort of the middle stint. And I decided, well, rather than muck around with trying trying to put moves on these, I'll just pit a shorter middle stint. Uh, and then I came out and by the time it evened out, I'd overtaken everyone, I think, except Daniel Tune and Nathan Burney. And um, Daniel, I got past and then had a, a bit of a Battle with Verdi. I was watching um, James's stream back. I haven't watched any of you guys stream for ages back. And then I think it was Nathan I heard in the back, oh, I'm not going to let Alex pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, that was good. And I, and this is the thing. I was didn't expect it and I expected a, a, a good race out of it and, and we did. Uh, we had a good fair race and um, thankfully I was able to come out of top. So in the end it was pit start through to fourth, which uh, was a combination of, Everything going my way, honestly. Uh, incidents around me. Obviously, Ben had an incident that took him out, and then I do want Bro- to talk about Ben in a sec, but I know Brady's ready to say something. Yeah, then Brady, then Brody's internet, Mandy disappeared into another plane for a while, and then <laughs> um, so look, I picked up positions everywhere, and and I barely, honestly, I, I barely had to make a tough pass all night. So it was a good race in the end, and you know, <laughs> maybe I should start from the pits more often. I don't know. <laughs> Just a regular Lewis Hamilton. Um, <laughs> I, I guess it's it's a really interesting one you're talking about the coming through from the back and stuff. And it was one thing I've only noticed probably over the last couple, well, re- recent races when I haven't qualified well and or like I, um, you know, didn't make it into the session in time and things like that is when you start to get a bit of a reputation for being quicker than most of the people, it sometimes is actually quite a tricky thing to come through the field because people almost get out of your way too much and it actually becomes a bit unpredictable and they start to try and let you through in places where you don't even really want them to let you through and it actually becomes quite nerve-wracking and and you almost make more mistakes because you're like well I was never planning to overtake you here and all of a sudden you've slowed down a lot earlier than I thought or you've taken a line that was really unusual to get out of my way and it's something I've only just noticed recently because one I was never fast enough for anyone to want to let me <laughs> let me through. And two, since I have got a bit of decent speed recently, I've been qualifying pretty well. So I've not really had to come through the back of the field that often. And just the last few times when I've come up on people, 
there's been a few people who've been like, oh, you know, obviously they're like, oh, it's Braden. I'm not going to fight with him. But they've let me through or they've gone about letting me through in ways I just wasn't really expecting or, or, or wanting them to. You know, it wasn't a get out of my way kind of thing. It was a, I'm going to stick behind you till the straight and then I'll overtake you there. Or, you know, I'll probably be able to carry a bit more exit speed on the exit of this corner. So I'll take my normal line and I'll get past you there. But then they sort of let you through almost mid-corner. And, and it's actually sometimes a bit more of a, well, just do your own thing. I'll get past when I need to get past kind of thing. Yeah, look, what I my intent through not wanting to disrupt others this week was um, I, I sat back. I actually lifted a few times well before corners so as it didn't even look like I was close close enough. Uh, I, I'd think about something like the hanger straight and I'd set that up uh, sort of three or four corners in advance thinking that I'll get close enough so that I can overtake on the hanger straight, but they won't even think I'm a threat before then. So yeah. just to sort of take that doubt out and that risk for everyone out, because um, it does happen, because uh, some people are, are, are nice and they we all know each other and all the rest of it. And, and other times, um, I want to be as predictable as I can uh, as well for others. So you're right. Sometimes people go out of their way, and it's when you go out of your way that you and you do become unpredictable that incidents mm-hmm. happen. So for me, I was trying really hard to stay as predictable as I could, and just make the same pass that I'd make on a front runner on everybody in the field. Like I legitimately have to earn it, not just you know for, force my way through. If 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 you know came to it. So. And I think for anyone letting people through or thinking about letting people through, it's a like don't don't sacrifice your own race for to get out of the way of someone. Like just do your thing. And and sometimes I think people go out, like you said, go out of their way to let you through, and that actually makes them make a mistake because they end up driving a line that they've never driven before. So. Just, you know, do, do your thing. Most of the drivers that are coming through that are quick quick enough to make the passes pretty easy, they'll they'll figure it out. Like, they'll, they'll work yep. it out. As long as you're not doing anything silly and uh, and that, like, I'm sure I, for myself, like, I'm more than happy to find a way to make the pass uh, work. So yeah. yeah, look, and there's a lot of guys that I haven't raced wheel to wheel with. So just yeah. like I talked about in, in the video I did at Nürburgring, there was a fella there who was quick enough. And, but I've never raced with him and he had some um, characteristics on track that made me a little wary. Um, I race I race with with Ben and Russell and AJ and you guys, like I race with you guys every week, but there's there's 20 guys in there that I don't race with every week. So um, I wanted to give them the respect that um, I don't know how fast they are in each corner or at different parts of the track, so I just respected and earned the pass um, as much as anything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I, 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 my usual line is off the track, so it's <laughs> fine. I'm used to it out there. So. Yeah. I figure, I figure, as far as non-verbal conversations go that we've been talking about, you gave me a pretty clear signal. On that one. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big white flag. <laughs> um, I guess the only other thing to talk about really is that after the Skippy race, uh, Pete, you put oh, up the server. Or I just you want, want to, to quickly. Talk about Ben Snell for a second and Nathan oh, yes, Burney. Both yep. two two very interesting points that came out of that. Uh, quickly, uh, the point of Nathan Burney, he, he was he was definitely wanted to beat you for starters, but <laughs> he also miscalculated slightly his fuel burn. Uh, so shout out to Nathan Burney for for just getting across the line uh, with a few sputters beforehand. But that the the interesting point of uh, like all my practice, I did practice for for fuel burn as well, and I didn't. Wasn't trying to save or anything like that. 0.92, I think, was my average all, all practice all week. And then I get to 
thing and I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to fuel save because I've got, I'm nowhere near anyone, so I can't make any time there. And I looked down at my fuel burn. I did all my pits to, to the timing that I'd, I'd planned for and I looked down. I was only using about 8. 8, 8, 0.8 and 0.87 every lap and I can't answer why <laughs> I was like almost, you know, 0.4 of a litre better in, in the race. But, um, yeah, it was interesting, yeah. Vernie. Vernie and Mitesy talking to each other about when they can pit and when they can't pit, and then Mitesy getting across the line of Vernie. He's clutching down the straights, and he's he's all this other kind of stuff. It was really really interesting to listen to. But Snell, now, can I ask you what what he was like and 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 what your um thought of the incident was? Yeah, look, so he was obviously pretty down about it. Um, he doesn't. Look, he's a pretty happy guy, typically. Like he's he's always up for a laugh and all the rest of it. He was pretty quiet and 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 he felt bad because you know that's his season uh, in his mind done. He, you know, <laughs> he said to me last night. Can I tell you, it was a complete opposite when he did. He got on the dirt over last night for the first time, and he was the happy, happiest I've heard him in a long time. <laughs> oh, that's because he's always sideways anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, how good's this? <laughs> anyway, I'm home. I'm home. Uh, exactly, but um. Yeah, he was pretty down, and um, it, yeah, look, I, I watched the incident back. It's tough, and again, I said it last week. I'm a ter- I think I'm a terrible judge on it, whether it be mine or someone else's. <laughs> you on, can say on, Snell was at fault. You can. Well, no, I don't think he was at fault, but I, I don't, I don't know that I would have penalised the other guy either. Um, so, uh, it, I probably didn't look at it from far enough back to see the angle of attack of the third driver involved um obviously person on the inside's fine um uh bends on a, a line which i think is fine but the rear of his car moves a bit in the in the corner i don't think he's drifting out but certainly the the shift in the rotation of the car um changes the position of the car but that's probably quite natural in that corner depending on how you take it i would say it'd be very natural for the rear of ben's car to be moving at all times to be fair (laughs) you're driving near him you've got to be aware of that (laughs) well here's the thing right i think on that car on that corner in particular there's different ways to take it particularly lap one as well you're going to need to leave a little bit further margin for error i think the margin for error wasn't large enough obviously that's that's easy to say uh, based on the outcome but again, I probably didn't look at it from far enough back to see the angle of attack of the outside car. And and more than anything else, I'd probably put it down as a racing incident. But like I said before, I, I don't know that I'm a great judge and I don't know that I'm completely objective on it because obviously, you know, I've spent a lot of time racing with Ben too. So, yep. My view yeah. was kind of uh, like just when I looked back at it, it was kind of I try to put myself in the position and and what what would I what would I do and I would like to think I I just felt like it was just no need to be where the car was on the first lap that that was just it was just more of a it was almost like a uh, a penalty 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 for racecraft as opposed to <laughs> as, as opposed to a penalty for actually the incident being that bad of an incident it was just for me, it was just like I, I probably would like to think I wouldn't have been putting my car there on lap one of a fifty-minute race. I, I was going to say, what what's the point in putting your car there? Yeah. What's the point in leading the first lap of a fifty-minute race? Um, yeah. What do you what do you what are you proving there? And I for me as question. well, I think it's like 
you know, say if that's me and you, Wilco, driving, then maybe I might want to try and make that move because I would hope that I could maybe drive away from Wilco. You're not driving away from Ben in that yeah. scenario. So yeah. it's like, you got to know who you're racing. The other yeah. thing to remember too is um, whether it was because of the first lap or whatever, but Ben was actually trying to pull out of that move as well. And that will have impacted that rotation as well. Yeah. Uh, he recognized the situation, didn't want to be there, realizes there's no, I guess, winning that yeah. outcome there. So he's tried to pull out, but didn't get it, uh, didn't get it quite right or didn't get it soon enough either. So, and again, when I talk about not watching it from far enough back, it, it's also about um, the angle that he turns, that he turns in on from the outside, but where, where the trajectory was either. So I, I didn't see that bit. So I probably couldn't, I probably couldn't say whether it was going to be like a wedge, the inside car coming in, to meet the outside car in the middle, and that means the middle car's got nowhere to go. I don't know. Like, I didn't did see it enough, so. Yeah. So, well, then we... Oh, so you got one more I was just going to... Oh, no, I was just going to say, well, seeing as we were talking about Ben on dirt, I guess we should move on to talking <laughs> about this week, which is going to be on the dirt, and we did some practice after that race. Yep. Um, which apparently is null and void now because I set the server up completely wrong. <laughs> um, Good fun, nevertheless. Yeah, apparently dirt servers... With skippies in them, you don't want to have the dirt full uh, from the start. So uh, <laughs> it was very scary. I think about half an hour in, I still only got a 38-second lap in. Um, and everyone else is still in 25s and 26s uh, and not been able to get a lap without wrecking my car. And at that point, I'm like, well, I'm out of this. I'm not even going to bother. Um, but the track wore in. By the end of the night, by the time you guys left, we had some random people because I just I, like who's going to go to USA Dirt with Skippies on a, in a hosted session that's only practice, no race, and actually jump in. And we we had random people joining us, and I'm like, oh, there you go, must be something in it. And um, yeah, so as as the night wore on, you guys did your 25s or 26s and got out of there, and I slowly worked it in, and it was fun. Once once the track was um, was was right it actually felt really good and, and it wasn't very different it was like oh, ira talked about in the season preview it's not that different to usa speedway because you, you haven't got that much dirt on there by the time you've worn it in it's it's when it's not worn in and you're trying to put your foot down and you're going down the straight and the car wants to go right then left and then right at the same time it definitely doesn't want to go straight um <laughs> That's when it was a problem. So if you get it off the off the line at all, it became a real issue. And I know, Braden, you had a bit of a practice last night and you found that too, starting the race on that inside line. Yeah, so oh, Alex and I had a pretty good run in the... Which I didn't even realise it was a qualifying session until about <laughs> six minutes before the end finished. And I was like, you oh, there's a race the at the end. Green qualifying. No, I was done, I My brain's just fried at the moment. So um, it was. I was about to leave, and then I looked, and I was like, "Oh, there's a race in like six minutes." I was like, "I might as well stick around now." Um, so yeah, we ran some good laps together, sort of in in the midst of it before I crashed into you and ruined it. But uh, <laughs> but I, it, one thing that for me, and I don't know how comfortable you felt while we were while we were racing, but it was really daunting not having just trying to work out how close I was to you, knowing I was going, you know, effectively a little bit sideways. And if I was drifting up or it was really hard in triple monitors to get that perception of what was around me. And I, I was like, yeah, on the edge of my seat, like I feel like I could have hit you at any moment. 
Um, and, and it was one of those things where I was kind of like, man, this is a time where I wish I was in VR. I feel like I would have felt a lot more comfortable knowing how close I was to um, if I had that ability to look next to me and, and get that depth perception. Uh, I don't know. What was it like for you? Oh, look, I had a ton of fun in that that little uh, section of laps that we did together. Uh, it, it, like, I must have felt like about 20 laps side by side. It was brilliant. And we did all sorts of things like inside, outside, reverses, over-unders and, yeah. and all that. I, I'll be honest with you. I Yeah, I wear the goggles, but I didn't look much through the corner at anything other than my line, and I, honestly, I distrusted you that you weren't gonna, you know, come up. That's a, that's a dangerous and, game. Well, no, <laughs> but 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 the thing was, like, and again, I, I talk about that nonverbal conversation. I, after a few laps, or, or even a few of the corners, I sort of got the feel of what you were trying to do through each corner and and where you were positioning your car consistently, and I trusted you to have consistency in that, so that I could. Um, work around that if that makes sense yeah and um you know and that led to like a really good string of laps and made it a lot of fun you know yeah. uh, but i agree with you around the starting on the inside though like i the night before i did my first laps and it was like holy cow what's this and then when when the tires came up and you, and you figured out that oh okay it's not like actual dirt racing where you have to keep away from the the slick yeah you actually want to yeah <laughs> you actually want to find it and once I figured that out, it was good. But put her on pole, and then for the for the sort of fifteen minute race at the end. But then you start on the inside, and good luck yeah, like where, so, the, where there's dirt. So I was. We noticed that if you went to the inside of the track, that you had zero grip. Even by the end of the session, because no one was running there, it was all over the place. So I think uh, Jeremy and Leon and Ashley were in. Uh, with me in discord and i was obviously on pole and had that inside line and my plan was basically as soon as that pace car got off i was trying to go whilst i was still on the slick part exiting um the final turn but the pace car doesn't get off until right at the last minute so as soon as i saw it die for the pits i hit the gas trying to be still on the slick but it's just no grip there's just nothing and uh, I went back and looked at the replay and it was um, Harrison that was with me on the front row. And he was actually in front of me when I went to go. So there's a couple of things I was a bit unsure about in terms of tomorrow. Like, I'm pretty sure they have to be behind you. Because I think he did the, got, yeah, got he did the same. Yeah, yeah, he did the same thing to me on the in the first night. Yeah, um, so, so I was sideways left and right down the straight and basically just holding on for dear life and he ended up being on the nice worn in stuff and and sort of got a six or eight tenth sort of break on me um just because i had nothing and then as i managed to get myself back onto the the worn in part of the track i started to get that time down and and made an overtake um and yeah it was, it was interesting uh it was certainly so there's a couple of things that I learned from it. Obviously, one, the starting on pole sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, you don't want to be on pole tomorrow night. And and so that was one thing I learned. Um, the second thing is lap traffic is going to be really interesting because it's dangerous to go off of the slick to try and let people pass. So it, that whole going out of your way to get off, off the racing line and, and let someone pass is... Not advisable, I would say, in my opinion. So Ashley tried to go up there to let me pass. And as soon as he put on any kind of gas, he just shot back across the track. And uh, I had to put on the brakes to, to miss him. And it wasn't his fault. It's just there's no grip. And he was trying to do the right thing. But 
the right thing is definitely not to go above that slick. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a bit of patience required because um, there's a lot more width to the slick, which is where the grip yeah. is, mm. through the corners. Yep. Um, on the straight, it's really barely a car width up near the wall, yeah. near the outside wall. But if you position your, if you're lapped or whatever and you want to get out of the way and you position your car uh, on the uh, – wherever you're going to do it on the width of that those corners, you'll be better off. Plus, yep. if you come if you're coming through, don't be afraid to go a, on the outside line and drive around them because yeah. um, you can do that as well. Yeah. So that was what those the two other things that I learned was time it right, and you could definitely switch back on people. So Harrison, uh, the first couple of times he tried to make a move, tried to sort of um, come in really hot, and then basically sort of I think park it a little bit that I would have to check up. And you time it right, you can definitely get underneath. Um, it's not easy, but it can be done. Uh, and the other thing was, if you take the high line and the person stays low, you can accelerate out and you can get the grip to just still beat them on the outside. So it's um, going to make for some interesting racing. Um, like I said to you last night, I was kind of like, oh, I'd like to like, because you guys had a bit of a, a tussle and I got away a little bit and I was kind of like, oh, I kind of want to slow down and let you guys come back. But my ego was a little bit too big. I didn't want to let Harrison just run away with a win. <laughs> so I was kind of like, I'm just going to keep driving around. But then Ashley checked me up anyway and I came back to the pack and and uh, and we sort of had a little bit of fun at the end. But yeah, it was interesting. It was definitely, um, it was more fun than I thought um, and easier than I thought it was going to be. But it's definitely got its little challenges and some things that are going to throw up some um, thinking points during the race. It's, for sure. it's got its bits that are way more difficult too. Like mm. if you're off, if you're offline, you're really offline, yeah. and yeah. it could be a real, real factor. The other thing I thought um, was that once the tires came in and everyone sort of had the groove, okay, um, very hard to bridge a gap. Very like the times are really, really close. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be all about minimising mistakes and being consistent. Because if you can do that and you've got a bit of a gap on someone, it's going to be very hard to catch them. Which yeah. means I'm screwed. Uh, does anyone found pit entry yet? <laughs> well, yeah, it's hard. Yes, <laughs> but if you if you look at the 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 info on the race this week, there's no pit stop. No. Oh, has he not put pit stop in? Okay, cool. No. That's even better. So it's just the- to what? Oh, okay, so it's just a longer race, the second one, no pit stop. Okay. And the fuel tank isn't restricted by the looks of the practice sessions, so you oh, obviously won't take fuel either. But um, I know Alex had a little bit of trouble finding the pit uh, entry <laughs> at the end of the race last night. <laughs> oh, no, I found it. I just couldn't get past it. <laughs> so, because we were doing the practice the other night, and I, I was watching Vernie, and Jesus, Vernie could get it in there. I don't know how. He just was going in there almost full pelt, almost got a speeding penalty, I think, going in as well. So I don't know how he did that. Um, what do you reckon? Odds of carnage like last time we were in Oval, Alex? Hi. Hi. Oh, yeah, look, um, it's going to be interesting. It's probably the, the the time that I would have actually done heat racing, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was um, thinking the same thing. I was thinking yeah. the same thing. Yeah, so, uh, but uh depends on how many folks turn up. Let's say there's 30 cars on that track, it's going to be interesting because two by two is very difficult to do and by the time you go nose to tail on the outside line before you hit the corners you probably got a full circuit of skippies with 30 of them i suppose it'll be interesting i think as well it'll be down to how much time put people put into practice because like you said those little nuances that are going to make the big differences like 
um, knowing that like the bottom of the track's a no-go. Like just don't go down there on the straights because you're going to be going sideways. You can hold it. It's it's manageable, but it's not easy. And if you don't know it's coming, it's going to be very, very difficult. And and it can just shoot you back across at any yeah. moment and that's going to be dangerous. So I think it's... Super slow too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I was talking about. Like you put your foot down on the straight in that session we had up. And it wanted to go into every single wall it could possibly could, and there was nothing to stop it either. Like once you, you try and flick it back the other way, and all of a sudden it, it goes further right, and you're trying to turn turn left, <laughs> and that's the end of your race. So, um, how different did it feel, Braden? I know we had a few of the Milo boys jump in um, in our little session, but how different was it in our session compared to yeah, the last it's- night? It's very different. It gets to the point where it doesn't feel that much different to driving the normal uh, oval track. Yeah. Like it's basically, it's a. I think from memory when we went USA, it was fourth gear the whole time. There was no need yeah. to downshift, and you just it was only a the lift corner. into into the corners, and that was and, it. And even towards the end, I think it wasn't even a lift. You could just about do it full pelt. Yeah, so this is very similar, but you do need that downshift to give you enough um, exit speed to to put a decent yeah. lap in, but. It's basically turn in. Um, you you the back does slide. You are like you are sliding. Um, you let go of the accelerator. You downshift. You get back on um, the the gas. And once the track's worn in, like it, it's really not that far off driving the normal oval, in my opinion. But you need to you need to know. I suppose there's a couple there's a couple of things like you need to know where that grip limit is because what once it it goes it's really hard to to stop and 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 the initial 10 to 12 laps when the tires are cold it's really really understeery and like you you get pushed up the track a lot um which was interesting okay cool well we'll wait and see i need to put some practice in um yes you do i i look hopefully i get some stuff done early tomorrow and i can sit back and have a few laps and We'll see how we go. But look, other than that, let's get into the news and updates uh, brought to you by our Discord, lockdownlads.com slash Discord. Jump in, say hello, be friendly. I haven't been in there all week because of life, but uh, everyone else is having fun in there talking about basketball and all kinds of stupid things like that. And Forza Horizon <laughs> 5, obviously, as well. Uh, but let's get into the news. So happy birthday, Mr. Skip Barber, apparently, 85 today. Is that a thing? He's in the Discord's. Ira said it, so it must be a thing. It has to be true. Must be a thing. <laughs> so, yeah, well done. Um, but let's get into the actual other part of the news. The only other part we have is the Black Friday sales. We talked about it last week. This is the time of year to be getting your gear if you can afford it. Um, Brayden, do you want to take us through some Fanatec sales that are on at the moment? Yeah, so <laughs> to, be, to, be, to be completely honest, uh, very underwhelming um, from Fanatec this year, in my opinion. So... Probably not getting any sponsorships anytime soon, Pete. Sorry about that, but oh, um, okay. yeah, literally, like I got my my Fan Attack gear last year on the um, Black Friday sales. Wow, that's already a year. That's crazy. Um, and I got the CSW uh, two point five wheelbase and the BMW GT two wheel, uh, which are both you know seriously. I've, I've been stoked with the CSW wheelbase. Like it gives me all the feedback I feel like I need. Like I'm sure a direct drive would be better um, and I'm sure I would see the difference. But in terms of like strength and stuff, like it it feels strong enough for me. Like I don't have any 
qualms with it whatsoever. And the BMW GT2 wheel, although I don't use it anymore because I use the um, F1 wheel, which I, I really, really like. Um, again, like really great piece of kit. Feels super sturdy and strong. And, um, you know, it's got plenty of buttons and, and different bits and pieces that you can can play with. Got them both on the Black Friday sales. This year, the Black Friday sales are, um, yeah, pretty... I suppose, uh, lackluster, I guess would be my opinion. So there's the CSL steering wheel, the P1 V2, which is a very, very stock standard, basic looking, um, uh, piece of kit. Um, it's down from a, well, I'm not sure how much it's going to be Australian. Cause at the moment, the website only takes me to the German website every time I try and find it. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty bland. There's the CSL steering wheel R300, which is the basic D-shaped um, wheel with the CSL universal hub, which again, you know, the universal hub's okay. Um, but again, I, I, I'm just not a fan of the the hubs. I'd, I'd much rather the buttons be integrated with, into the wheel, which you get with the um, other couple of Fanatec wheels, uh, like the ones that I've got. The um, load cell, CSL load cell pedal, just the load cell, not the other uh, rest of the pedals, um, is also on sale. Again, I had the CSL Elite load cell pedals for quite a while, and you know that they were good, um, they were great, but um, you know, again, just it's it's really the the low low level stuff from Fanatec, um, and then the CSL pedal tuning kit, which is literally just a different set of pedal plates. There says stay tuned for a special product launch with the hashtag feel your line. So, you know, maybe mm, there's going to be some kind of other, other base, um, maybe a new direct drive wheelbase or, or something, um, I guess with the hashtag feel your line, but um, yeah, that's literally all they've got on their website at the moment. So just, yeah, in my opinion, I thought a pretty, underwhelming lineup i suppose from a company that's got a lot of good products that they could chuck on sale they've really gone for the the basement uh we are pro- products i guess two weeks out from actual black friday which is is a crazy to say in my business because we are already feeling it already um but i'm hoping they have something better especially if like competition uh, breeds breeds discounts for for users, and if you know someone comes out with a really good sale, obviously Fanatec will be. Um, well, it depends on on shipping, like stock levels, I guess. If if they don't have much stock, there's no point discounting it because yeah. you know you, you you're going to sell it anyway. Well, that um, and I always I also kind of see Fanatec as your your almost Apple, like they yeah. very rarely give you any discounts throughout the year. Whenever they do give discounts, it's like your five or 10% and they're happy to leave their stuff at full price. Cause they know people yeah. are going to buy it anyway. And recognition already. Um, yeah, exactly. So to get it. yeah. So, you know, it's the same with Apple. You're never going to find a, a MacBook really on sale. You know, you're not going to get a big 20% off or you're not your iPads or whatever. They're, they're the price. It's the price all year till the new bottle comes out. And then that one drops down a little bit and the new model takes its spot, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, I kind of see Fanatec as that kind of name recognition brand, like you say, and yeah. But I just thought, you know, last time they had they had the uh, podium uh, Porsche 
uh, rim um, as one of the sales, the BMW. So they had some stuff from not just the CSL range, but also the CSW level stuff and then the podium level stuff above that. Whereas this year at the moment, they've literally only discounted a couple of things from their, their, their really basic line. So, yeah, so far. Yeah. I, I, I obviously I'm looking at the moment shopping around, but um, there's definitely nowhere near anything that get me to pull the trigger there. But um, definitely looking at something like SimiCube or or something along those lines that might you know chuck something out in the next two weeks. So hopefully, hopefully I can get a wheel and just sit it there and do nothing with it until I get my new rig next year. But anyway. <laughs> um, Let's move on to the World of Atlas Sprint Cars uh, Pro Series that had its first round the other day. Um, like I, I said at the start, it, we found an article on the iRacing website, but still it doesn't give us a breakdown of the whole field. It gives us, we've got a top 20 here. Um, trying to find Clayton Davies is, is impossible because he's not in that top 20, uh, so we can't report on where he came. There is some some names I do recognise in there, which is really good to see. So Aiden Beerline, uh, Clayton Tilly. Uh, floating around there. Obviously, Alex Bergeron. Uh, um, I've stuffed it up, Braden. <laughs> Bergeron. Bergeron. Oh, um, is up there. Uh, got second for the race. So, the three time world champion um, came back with a very good start. But, Blake, um, how do you pronounce that one, McKellar? Your guess is as good as mine. I'm going to go with uh, Majuli. Majuli? Yeah. Okay, Majuli. So Blake, uh, from from all reports, I haven't had get get a chance to watch it because I've been too busy. But yeah, absolute masterclass. But obviously, to finish ahead of uh, Alex, but uh, there was about a ten lap sprint at the end because there was a few cautions in the main in the feature, and um, he Blake won his um, won his heats and uh, was undefeated on the night and had that ten race uh, sprint to the end and you know to be able to keep Alex behind him. Obviously, Alex was was fighting a little bit. Um, with Cameron for for third, which which held him up a little bit, but still Blake, I think from what I, from what I read had had his measure anyway. So it's a really good start for Blake in the in the series. So well done to him. Um, like I said, Kate uh, Cameron Merriman come third. Uh, Kendall Tucker fourth. Braden Eeler fifth. Um, and then yeah, the the unfortunately the likes of Clayton Tilly fourteenth though very very good um, finish. Started twentieth. So that was a good effort. Um, and uh, Aiden Beerline sitting there in 15th after starting 18th, just a few laps down. Both obviously got caught up in some incidents as well. So um, that obviously leaves Blake on top of the ladder ahead of Alex and Cameron going into race two next week. I do wish I had time to watch this kind of stuff, but um, yeah, just too busy at the moment. But Anyway, that is that. We've uh, fought season finale coming up of um, Rally Cars, so we'll probably try and do a wrap-up of that next week um, when we get get some official results from that. But that pretty much wraps up the news. So let's move into the actual racing results brought to you by, like I said, Clayton Davies, the absolute legend himself, CD Cinematography, go over, like his Facebook page, Sherry stuff, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Brewster Coffee, B-R-E-W-S-T-R dot coffee. Uh, definitely go rate your favourite brew. Um, when he, actually, when are you making um, beer dot, uh, sorry, Brewster dot cough, uh, beer or something like that, where we can like <laughs> rate our local craft beers and stuff like that? That's your new new plan. Go and get it happening. So uh, definitely support Brewster dot coffee though. Let's go into Sunday night lights. It happened. 
it wasn't at Snedderton like the thing said because no one changed that. It was at the ring. Now, all, full disclosure, I was sitting there doing paperwork and stuff till about eight o'clock at night, which eight fifteen is kick off, and I'm like, I really need to. I really, I really should get in there. And I'm like, nah, like uh, I just can't. So unfortunately, I missed it this week. But what happened, Mister McKellar? Um. Well, look, please say, look. It wasn't the the strongest soft in in iRacing history, <laughs> Skippies, but. Uh, did you hate uh, when still, you got that? I know, right? I, I, I said to Corey before we started, I said, oh, it'll be one or two things. It'll either be uber great or it'll be like 3K or something. So, But we did get a 5K soft. Third time, we haven't had one in 25 seasons before, or 24 seasons. We've had three this, this season. So I was pretty stoked with that. And plus, it was even more impressive because it was a full 20-car field. So... Uh, typically a 20-car field will cost you a bit when it comes to strength of field. So um, full 20 cars, 5K soft was really pleased. And again, thank you to the community for uh, for the ongoing support. Uh, it's it's really making it what it is, which is great. So um, on to the racing. Uh, we saw Naoya Nagai once again take pole. Now, it was really interesting. He he did so um, over Christian Perez by six and a half tenths, which is incredible, right? Wow. And and Christian Christian came into the for an interview after to have a giggle about stuff that happened in the race as much as anything. He's a funny bloke, but he you know he said basically he said I don't know what Nagai's doing in quality because in the race his pace is is fine but it's not six-tenths quicker a lap sort of thing. And he's right because Nagai, um, whatever he's doing to warm his tyres up, it's absolutely within the in the rules. We're not going down the donate donut gate controversy that we had a few seasons ago, uh, but he's got it down pat uh, and he's, he's really dominating qualifying. I, I'll tell you, there'll be a few guys in that field who saved the replay to go back and watch what he did, I guarantee it, um, just to sort of try and level the playing field. Regardless, um, he put her on pole. Uh, Perez was uh, joined him on the front row. Like I said, six and a half tenths behind. Your mate Oscar Chinchilla, he uh, he stuck it on third. Kawabe, and here's the Japanese connection, right? They're all they're bringing each other along, right? It was Takumi Yamato who unfortunately had his uh, either his second or his booster jab of COVID this week and uh, of the COVID vaccine and fell under the weather, so he didn't he didn't race this week, but. Kawabe, uh, so Takumi was on um, uh, on the front row last week. Kawabe was on the second row this week, and he's not typically the best of qualifiers. So, you know, there's something going on in that Japan club that we talked a bit about last week. Julian O'Frey in fifth, Vladimir Kiplich, he was uh, he rounded out the third row. The uh, ANZ drivers in the field were limited to two. It was Corey Lean who hasn't been qualifying so well uh, this season. In fact, he, he put it in eighth which was, I think, his second best qualifying of the season so far. So he started in eighth, and uh, that left uh, Vasco Sorovsky, who, can I tell you, in the warm-up race, which was, a, I think it was about a 4.3, 4.4K soft, was right up with the front runners, including the likes of uh, Julian O'Frey. Um, so he was, and he said as much afterwards, he was disappointed in his quality effort, only putting it in 17th. So we got underway. There was the usual sort of um, uh, lead pack sort of doing smart things and the, and then the rest of the field, who are normally the lead pack in every other race of the week, um, trying to come forward to become the lead pack. And the opening lap, if you get the chance, go check out the broadcast because 
it was amazing to see skips take like it looked almost like an optical illusion. I, I swear they were seventeen wide at one point, but they, not really. They they were unbelievably um, spread across different parts of the field. It was really uh, awesome to see. There was one small incident um, through the first sector that saw Corey Lane bumped out. Um, and he got a bit of rear contact and sent to the rear of the field. But other than that, it was it was relatively clean until they got to surprise, surprise the final chicane. Uh, and then, you know, it all broke loose, quite frankly. There was quite a big incident that saw um, there was a new Japanese driver there. He's actually a, a high school student, Aoi Okada. Um, he seemed to be launched off the second apex in a way I wouldn't have expected, the the uh, bollard there. And uh, also saw uh, Vasco Sarovsky, unfortunately, literally, without exaggeration, stopped in between the two apexes and drove away with zero damage, which is even more remarkable. So, But his, uh, his race was more or less done from there. But what we did see was a front pack. Breakaway, uh, initially led by uh, Nagai and Perez with Chinchilla uh, and O'Frey in the mix. And in one of the most impressive things that I've seen in a long time, Fraser Smith, who um, forgot to set his alarm for the Mid-Ohio race last week and missed out, actually was was off the front pack uh, and undrafted caught them, uh, which really, really impressed me, actually. Um, And he came back, and once he got there... Um, he changed the nature of that conversation in the front pack and 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 made his way through it. Um, there was a secondary pack as well uh, with the likes of uh, Kiplich being caught by Kawabe. Benji Rag was in there, which was great to see. And, of course, the Italians of Tolini and Amadio in there as well. Vaughan Roberts was in the mix for a little while as well. They did their thing and, and, and they were desperately trying to and were at different points of the time almost uh, closing the gap between themselves and the front pack. But uh, there was an incident there that saw basically only Kawabe and Kiplich left. And it wasn't until the closing stages when the front pack of five of uh, Smith, Afray, Chinchilla, Nagai and Perez started really, you know, shaking it out for the win that those two were starting to come. And it was almost a a race in seven to the end. It all came down uh, to, again, the final chicane. Fraser Smith, if you can believe it, after having been dropped off the front pack, was making the moves in the final chicane with Perez to take it out. And what actually happened was um, uh, Smith pulled over on the inside. Um, uh, uh, Perez was on the outside on the entry into the final chicane. Um, Smith took the the first apex well. The second apex, I'm going to argue, and I'm sure uh, Perez would as well, that he didn't quite leave enough room. And what you ended up seeing was Perez copping the slowdown. Um, and uh, no no contact or anything, but if he takes a line that doesn't take the uh, the slowdown, there is there is contact. So but what it did see was uh, another first-time winner in Fraser Smith go on to win it from O'Frey, Chinchilla, and Nagai. The story with Nagai's race, though, is that he was, uh, if I'm honest, he was outraced. Uh, he had the, the one-lap pace, which we saw at mid-Ohio and, again, you know, what well, we've seen every race he's done this season to, to put it on pole. Last week in the biggest soft we've ever seen, he drove away, but he had clean air and wasn't battling. This week he had a pack of five and he was outraced by four of them. Um, so it was interesting to see. Um, but he was outraced by some of the best skippy drivers going around. He ended up in fourth. Perez managed to hang on just 
from the hard charging Kiplich and Kawabe, who finished uh, sixth and seventh behind him. So top five to Perez in the end. I missed, I said to him after the race, I missed him either not qualifying or having an incident and driving through the field like he has done the past few weeks, but still, it was a great effort nonetheless. Um, the two Aussie drivers there, uh, Corey Lean, actually drove well to come back to ninth after being last uh, at the start of that one. And unfortunately, uh, Vasco, uh, he did finish in the points down there in 12th. So quickly jump into the second splits. Uh, if I look, it was taken out by Marcus Dorner uh, in split two. Mitchell Nichols, the leading ANZ driver there in second. Other ANZ drivers in there. Ryan Portelli in uh, ninth. Interesting thing, uh, Interesting to see James West, who from memory is Gamer Muscle on Twitch now. He is, yep. Uh, yep, he was in the field. He finished 11th. He got a couple of hosts from... Um, uh, Summit 1G during the week, just quietly. So I'm wow. sure his his numbers have been boosted. <laughs> um, Mr. Uh, Simon Clayson was also in there. Um, I can't, is Simon racing with us in Aussie car this season or was this last season? No, it was last season. Last season, yeah. Okay. Nathan Verney, locked on zone. He was in 13th. Matthew Harrod, another Harriet, another uh, um, Aussie car driver, just ahead of uh, Jeremy Bush in 15th and 16th, respectively. Paul Wilson. And Jason Bros in 18th and 19th. If I jump down to the third split, it was Sands Wilco, of course, this week. But that left room for Mark Jeffrey to come in and take out another podium. He finished second, which was a great effort for Jeffo. Just behind newcomer Bradley Fisher, who is an ANZ driver who took it out. Uh, we saw Ken Himes, the great Ken Himes, finished in eighth. And Jason Wilman in 13th. Carl Withy, I'm looking forward to going and checking out Scrizilla on uh, YouTube to check out his race, but he's finished down in 15th. Now, if I turn our attention to the overall championship, standings at the moment with, after one drop round, Julian O'Frey sits on top on 228. He's got a fair old lead of 25 points over Laura Samadio and Giuseppe Tolini in second and third, respectively. Um, no points this week for Vasco, uh, but he remains in fourth. And he does have a couple of drop rounds, which means he's a chance at a podium. I think the one thing that will knock him off the podium uh, could be the hard-charging Nagai, who has, with only five rounds under his belt, three races to go, so he can still make it up. He's on 140, 141, which is, what, uh, about 80 points shy. So with 30 points around, he can still do it. it? Yeah, it's getting pretty close. So he's still a chance in there. Uh, Mitchell Nichols, uh, the second of the ANZ drivers in sixth. Uh, Jason Browers in 10th. Braden drops a spot down to 11th. Jeremy Bush in 12th. Ken Himes drops one spot despite. Oh, no, he didn't get points this week, so he's in um, 15th. Mark Jeffrey stays in 16th. Ryan Portelli in 17th. Corey Lean in 18th. And where are, where are you, Cowboy? All the way down to 20th on the top <laughs> board. So, um, yeah, so that's that's about it. It was, look, really enjoyable race to watch, actually. There were a number of uh, plot lines going on and the different stories in the field and uh, and looking forward to, to the next round at uh, the Red Bull Ring already. Is it the... F- Two is it two drop rounds or four drop rounds first? No, I always forget. Four, four, just four. like the official series. That's yeah. right. So that means I can still gain some points because now I've got four zero scoring ones. So <laughs> yeah. if I turn up and score some points, I might actually be able to move up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. I'm- twenty five points out of the top twenty, so I don't think I'm getting there. But anyway. <laughs> oh, you never know, mate. Still time. 
Um, just quickly too, talk about Summit G. Apparently, I found it. Well, that came out. I think in the last seven days. Anyway, since we talked about it last. Tony Canan is his um, mentor. <laughs> so yeah, he's you know, the 500 champion. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you, you bring that sort of those sort of eyes and attention onto onto iRacing and, and what'll happen is that sort of stuff, you know, people pay attention and people like to collaborate. It's good for everyone, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. It's good to see anyway. Uh, so let's move on to uh, the last set of results for the night, because I just checked the Facebook and Carl Withy, which we mentioned before, hasn't sent in a um a full wrap-up for Anscar's final uh, race. He was going to get an interview with uh, the Cup Series, uh, the Chase winner. So I assume he's still chasing that down. But thank you, Carl, for being a legend all year. And I'll chase that up next week. Uh, Scops as well. Look, congratulations, Chasty. Uh, second split winner yet again, twice in a season. That's really, really good effort. Um, but but can I, I just say, by the way, that was all down to me because yeah, I gave I him the magic race strategy. I popped into his YouTube chat and I said, "Hey, Chasty, can you win, please?" And he did. So there you go. There it is. Well, so well played. Of, every time you pop into my stream and say that, I just don't out of spite. So, um, so yeah, well done to Chasty. Uh, I don't have a recap with um. With Jay, I will try and catch up with him hopefully the next week and try and get a wrap-up of the season, uh, which is where we're at. So all those things are happening at this time of year, which is really good to see. But let's move on to the last results tonight, which is Aussie Car. Uh, Braden, take it away, mate. What happened at Silverstone officially? Yeah, so... Oh, dear. Well, I'm not sure if you can hear me, but my mouse has decided to stop working and I can't... Every time. Give me a second. I don't know what's going on over here. <laughs> um, Get a better mouse. There's a different mouse each time that breaks down as well. It is. All right. Well, I can see what's on this sheet, so let's just go through Do it. Do you want me now. to change it around for you? No, no, no. It's all good. I've got it. All right. So we had, uh, like we said, not, not myself uh, getting much practice this week, so I certainly wasn't putting it on pole, but Ben Stell did manage to do that with his time. Uh, Alex had the time of uh, to put him in second place alongside, but obviously with the uh, the, the dirty lap time from the from the pits uh, sent him into the pit lane to start. Uh, thanks again for your honesty, though, of course. Uh, that's the kind of thing we like to see. Uh, third place was Harrison Mitchell and Alex John, uh, starting from fourth, having yet another uh, consistent and stellar season for himself. Uh, the race, though, uh, turned really well for Alex. He started from fourth and managed to make his way up to uh, first. The other Alex, that is, of course, Alex John. Uh, getting a, a win just ahead of Russell Clark, who finds himself back up on the podium. Uh, feel a bit sorry for Russell. He's won a race with no broadcast and comes second in a race with no broadcast. So I don't know if he wants Jay to not be there because it means he races really well or it means that he misses out on a chance to go talk to the boys in the comms box. But uh, well done to him. Uh, and Chasty uh, having another good season as well, getting himself into third. Alex with his big comeback uh, from the pit lane up to fourth. And Matthew Mites getting himself into the top five. Uh, the top ten was rounded out by Nathan Verney, Darren Tune, Neil Gardner, Sean Doyle and myself just sneaking in towards the end there. Uh, the biggest movers, I mean, I guess we could count you, Alex, as one of the biggest <laughs> movers because you technically didn't start from second. So you would have been up a, a, a lot of positions, I'm guessing somewhere around 23-ish. 
Um, but the other big movers in the field were Matthew Harry up 10 spots, uh, Darren Lasso up nine spots, and Ashley Knowles up seven spots. So well done to those guys. Uh, that obviously leaves us with the season standings. I'm just I, quickly, before we yeah. go on to season standings, I, I'm, I was so down on my race before in, in the recap and, and saying how bad it was. Apparently, I started 21st and finished 16th, so it wasn't that far off one of the biggest <laughs> movers in the field. Uh, and finishing 16th in a, in a race like that actually isn't that bad when you look at it with hindsight, but still, I, I still hold that I'm very disappointed with it. But <laughs> it's just fascinating to watch it from a different lens when you look over the results. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so if we go to the overall standings, obviously just the one race this week being the Enduro, uh, Alex John is leading again, uh, looking to make himself a three-time champion, if possible, halfway through the season. Uh, he's up one spot into first place from James Chastanoff, uh, nine points behind, so hot on his heels, uh, but then a big drop, 37 points to Sean Doyle and a further five back from that to Ben Snell and another further five back to Alex and Matthew Mites tied for fifth. Darren Tune and Russell Clark tied for seventh. Nathan Verney ninth and Neil Gardner rounding out the top 10. The road to 2K uh, currently stands with Matthew Harriot 186, second place, Ashley Knowles, 182, and Darren Stubbs, 178, uh, just behind Farron Hancock said poor Brody, who obviously had the internet dramas this time around, which is a... Uh, He's still in touch, but definitely made it more difficult than it possibly needed to be in the road to 2K for himself. Uh, Ashley Knowles is a possible uh, omission from this week, so that's going to make uh, things interesting as well for the the minor placings um, and the and and the front battle, I suppose, for the road to 2K. The teams championship top split team having a uh, another good season uh, sitting on top. It's a bit disappointing that I haven't been I didn't get to race in that race because uh, I think we would be right up there with you guys this season uh, pushing for that first place. Uh, top split racing 528 from Van Diemen Racing 470 and locked on I racing news and results 455, which I believe is the Matthew and Nathan team. Is that right? Yes, that would be, you yep. are correct. The, the ever consistent, those two will be nose to tail in every race you see them in, and I love it. Yep. From myself and Chasty in fourth, White Knuckle Racing fifth, Locked On Lads Discord six, Aussie Car Racing Team seventh, Locked On Lads Black Sheep Racing eighth, Mistake Apex Racing ninth, No, Nor Fork and Chance Racing two, uh, tenth, Airways Aviation and VDR Baby Team Development or Development Team. Is that Norfolk? That is. Okay, cool. <laughs> I thought I was going crazy for a second. Um, there you go. I'm not the one to pick on people for pronunciations anyway. <laughs> uh, well done to all those involved. And Alex, John, can you have something happen to you? Can please? I just say, AJ, <laughs> yeah, AJ, right? Uh, and I said it last week when he was here. Such a quiet achiever, right? So, isn't it? Yeah, I know. And I, we were talking about it on Monday night. And he's he's feeling like he's, he's driving pretty much as good as he's ever driven. Um, which is great, and obviously buy me a lottery ticket. <laughs> and also, to be fair, he's he's enjoying it a heap as well, yes. which is great. Uh, he was so keen to back up for this season, which I was really pleased for. It, it, that enthusiasm is is a bit infectious as well. And can I say, gunning for his third championship, right? You remember the one that we he was we were sort of out of, and we lost the teams as well. I think he missed. Was it one round or two rounds? Uh, um, was one it one was at least one round, the least one round. So 
there's nothing to say that you know he was he, not a four time champion. He could have, he could have, yeah, could could have, should have, would have, right? You know, but um, like I said, the quietest of quietest achievers doesn't get yep. a lot of uh, talk about just just going around. I mean, uh, he's won a few races too. He won the the Enduro double points this week, so. You know, keep an eye out. Let's it's going good. Just remember, we're putting skippies on dirt this week. This championship is up for grabs for anyone in that. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. that's a wild card. <laughs> I must admit, I'm very glad that I have no nothing to worry about. If someone crashes me out, oh, so be it. If if, if it happens, it happens. I've got no no qualms. But if I was fighting for a championship or or at least you know up in those top three or four or five, and you know having a sniff, I'd be definitely a lot more nervous than I currently am. <laughs> I love to the spread between sort of third and 10th in the championship. Like you're talking 246 points down to 206. There's multiple times where the, the points are tied or one point or, or a couple points in between them. So um, I just wish we could highlight that section a little bit more than because you cool Alex John winning again, Chastanoff second. Yeah, cool. Um, that, that battle for sort of third, to, or not even third, but really fifth to tenth is um is is really good to watch from the Darren Tune come from nowhere, sitting mm-hmm. in seventh. You know, yeah, he's Even what's he unspon- unsponsored, no team. What's going on? Exactly, there? exactly. Uh, so send, two... send the reps in, Braden. Send the reps in, right? <laughs> what's we that? Two twenty nine, two twenty nine to two forty six, which is third. Is not well. It's not even twenty points off third position. Yeah, it's one bad not race bad. for someone. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen Darren in my life, but he's going all right. Definitely, definitely. So that is our wrap up of all the results this week. We're done. Look at that. We can finish the podcast finally. Uh, so look, let's go into a uh, quickly. Um, like I said, we're coming up to a the end of the season, so we hopefully have a whole heap to talk about sometime soon. I still can't believe we are four weeks out from the new new year of content and we know nothing, um, nothing <laughs> official anyway. Uh, so look out for the next four weeks. We've got four weeks left of this. Um, as you might have noticed, we're, we're slacking on the sponsors at the moment just purely because uh, I haven't chased anyone up for a long time. We Once I've revamped all my work, I've got all this kind of stuff in the works. So look out for next year, what we got, what we got planned. But um, if you want to be part of that, let me know. I know I'm being slack getting back to people at the moment, but I will get back to you when I have a spare moment. Um, but thank you to everyone who is reaching out. Uh, hit me up in the Discord, lockedonlads.com slash Discord, or hit me up on the Facebook page, Locked On Lads. Let's start with Mikella, mate. What do you got lined up and where can people find your gear? So Sunday Night Lights, of course, uh, on the Top Split TV, so Top Split TV on Twitch, 9.15pm Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Uh, you know, best skippy action going around in the official series. Some seriously world-class racing in there as well, uh, more often than not. And um, great great racing to be a part of, but great racing to watch as well. Thank you to the community support. We've had a bit of a bump in numbers. We're, you know, getting quite a number of, of live viewers as well, which has been great. So check that out. The race replay will be on The Top Split on YouTube where you'll find um, Season 25 and the full 24 prior seasons of Monday and Sunday Night Lights. Aussie Car on Thursday night, of course. And then I may even try and get a race at the Red Bull Ring and 
if there's anything worth um, worth sharing by way of race strategy and all that sort of stuff, I'll see if I can't post it up on YouTube. Red Bull Ring. Red Bull Ring. At least I know that track as well, but that didn't help me for getting into the the ring. But anyway, um, Braid, mate, where can people find you? What do you got lined up and how much of that's Forza Horizon 5? <laughs> yeah, I've been playing a little bit, although I've just downloaded it on the Xbox, so it's more of a laying on the uh laying yeah. in bed and nothing else to do just chuck on some forza and away we go but uh yeah so uh you can find me at twitch.tv slash the one d wade i have not been streaming for a while i need to get back into it once the uh this last few weeks is is done i definitely will have a little bit more spare time so i'll definitely try and get some some streams up um and if you want to have a chat about anything else you can find me on twitter uh at braden talks Sweet. And yeah, I don't think I've streamed since Thursday night. So we didn't even do a community night this week. I just got to the point where it was, yeah, I just not quite up to talking to people very much outside of this at the moment. So um, yeah, look, life is killing me at the moment, but we'll get there. So Locked On Lads uh, Twitch, Locked On Lads Twitter, Locked On Lads Facebook, you know the places to get us. I've said it a million times. If you haven't, go back and listen to the old episode. You'll hear me say it again. Um, but thank you, everyone, who is listening to us at the moment. We will be there for mud skipping tomorrow night around the USA. It's going to be chaos. Please join us um, Well, tonight by the time you hear this. If you're one of those first listeners who are the mad people, thank you so much for being those people. But until next week... Thank you for listening. Thank you, Ben Legends, and we'll talk to you then. Bye now.